Welcome to this week's episode of the Productivityist Podcast. Now, it's a bit of a special edition today. I have some guests lined up, but they're very special guests. I've got Gary Miller Jr. lined up today, as well as Daniel and Vanessa Hayes. Now, Gary Miller Jr. is the man behind GaryMillerJr.com, and he also hosted the Better Guy podcast and has done a lot of stuff over the years. I've known him for a couple of years now. We actually had a chance to get together uh, when I was at South by Southwest this year. And Dan and Vanessa Hayes run Simple Life Together, and I got to hang out with them several times in the past, but we, we, we got to drive together. Uh, from Dallas at the podcast movement all the way to San Antonio where I was going to spend a couple days and we had a, a good long drive and it was a lot of fun so but why why do I have uh, three guests on a show that's supposed to be you know under a half hour well first off this episode is going to be a little bit longer than a half hour and it's for a very good reason I am uh, lending my podcast uh, to the Voices for Vets campaign, which can be found at voicesforvets.co, because this podcast was actually published on Veterans Day in the United States, or in my home and native land, Remembrance Day in Canada. And this initiative was put together by a, a group of people, uh, Stephen Worley and Chris Wilson of Unstuckable, Nathaniel Boyle of the Daily Travel Podcast, and Mike so- Sokolowski, and I'm gonna, I know I butchered that, <laughs> of Dude's Day, all these guys are spearheading this campaign. And basically what it is, is it's kind of the, the idea is to is to give voices to where uh, the veterans may not necessarily have a voice in terms of putting, focusing on them in terms of the podcast community for, for this course of a whole week. Uh, and, you know, I decided that what I was going to do is speak to some people who, you know, were uh, members of the military at one point in time or another, and that my guests have all served. Uh, and I wanted to talk to them about kind of what their uh, how things went, you know, when they left, what they took from the service and were able to apply it to their new ventures and also offer some advice to those who are, you know, leaving the service or, or done their time with the service and how they want to be able to, you know, move forward with life afterwards. So this is a really special episode to me. I, I you know, I'm really, really uh, happy that I was able to lend my podcast and lend my voice to this campaign. And I want to thank the, the, the team behind Voices for Vets for putting this together. So you're going to hear, you're going to hear uh, Gary Miller off the top, me and Gary talking. Uh, and then we're going to jump into Dan and Vanessa Hayes. And Gary Miller Jr. is the man behind uh, DarryMillerJr.com. He also interviewed me in a, in a marathon podcast series, uh, a two-parter, I believe, uh, at uh, the, Better, the Better Guy show, the Better Guy podcast. And that was an awesome experience. I really enjoyed uh, chatting with Gary there. And, of course, um, we actually got a chance to uh, meet and hang out uh, at South by Southwest this past year. Now, as for uh, Dan and Vanessa Hayes, uh, I've met them several times beforehand, but never really got a chance to hang out with them too much until we drove from Dallas to San Antonio this year after the podcast movement. So we talk a bit about that. We actually pick that up during the conversation. Uh, so we're going to dive right into that uh, right after the Gary Miller uh, conversation I had. Um, again, this episode is a little bit longer, and I want to thank everyone who is supporting the show via Patreon. They got a little bit of a sneak peek at this. Uh, not too much more because I want to kind of keep it you know, within the week of the Voices for Vets campaign. But if you are supporting the show via Patreon, thank you. Thank you so much. We've got a, a couple of new supporters this week. And next week, when we come back to our regular, uh, regular types of episodes, I'm going to do some highlighting of 
different uh, patrons that have sponsored the show. Uh, and again, if you want to sponsor the podcast or be a supporter of the podcast, just go to uh, patreon.com slash productivityist and you can uh, show your support there. There's uh, going to be a lot more going on now that the show is just, it's my only podcast. This is the only podcast I do now. So uh, I've got a lot of great guests lined up, a lot of big plans for this show, but we're going to kick it off right now and uh, with the uh, with this special episode of the Productivityist podcast, donating and, and supporting the Voices for Vets campaign. So here we go. Here's Gary Miller and uh, in the first part of our conversation, and then Dan and Vanessa Hayes in the second part of our conversation here at the Productivityist podcast. So I've got with me Gary Miller. Gary, how you doing uh, this, this fine, fine day? It's really nice here. You're in Orlando, though, right now. I, I am. I'm traveling, and, and yeah, Orlando is absolutely beautiful i'm literally looking at palm trees this is ridiculous wow wow so gary um some of my listeners may have, have, have seen some of your stuff before i know i've been on your podcast before can you give our, yeah. our, our listeners a bit of a a quick uh uh elevator pitch slash insight as to who you are and and uh, and we'll dive into the dive into our discussion sure sure so um about two years ago i uh, left a 11-year career in the united states air force um, on the active duty side, I had worked in the critical care medicine kind of sphere of things and uh, left because I really wanted to pursue the sort of entrepreneurial path and was really interested in what people were doing online with blogging and, and affiliate marketing and internet marketing kind of stuff. And uh, as part of that, stood up a site called abetterguy.com, which was a place where we really focused on um, helping guys who were husbands and dads and pros, kind of how you build and link all those things together uh, and, and try to do it while saving your sanity. Um, and so we started that, did the Better Guy Show, which was a podcast that you were uh, nice enough to, to join us about a year ago. And then that segued into some of the internet marketing work I do now over at uh, GaryMellerJr.com. So um, it's it's been both podcasting and blogging and marketing, digital products, and, and here we are talking to you. Uh, and... and- uh, I, I had a great time chatting with you. We we talked for what, like two hours that day. Yeah, it was. You, you gave me much more time than you probably should have, but it was <laughs> it was incredible. And yeah, I mean, I, I the feedback I got. I mean, it was just such a. It was as if we were kind of sitting around the table enjoying a couple of drinks and just chatting. I mean, it was, and and we just let the you know kind of let the the tape as it were. But yeah, let the let the garage band or whatever we were recording it on go and. And just capture it. It was an awesome conversation. Yeah, and, and it was. I think that was the first podcast where I actually revealed that I was a pro wrestling fan. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of put you on the spot, and and <laughs> yes, you and I uh, periodically will talk wrestling via text message. Now we've 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 come out to everybody now. Yeah, well, and I'm drinking out of my Ultimate Warrior mug right now that I bought off Sean Wilson's uh, affiliate that WWE shop site. So I mean, it's it, it's it's apropos that I had this going into this discussion with you today. <laughs> Um, but we also, we also got a chance to actually meet in person at, at, at uh, in Austin this past year when I was at South by Southwest, and that was awesome. Oh, that that was tremendous! It was good to get in the room with you. Finally, you and I had known each other digitally for a while, but yeah. um, to get in the room, we actually sat outside and enjoyed some some boutique beer and, and had a great chat. Absolutely, and and I want to chat today with you about uh, part of the Voices for Vets. Uh, Campaign that, uh, of course, Nathaniel Boyle and, and Stephen Worley from Unstuckable have started. Uh, and it, what I want to find out from you is that you, you're in the service and you, you've since moved on. Um, what, what, what did you take from that experience of being in the, in the military 
and, and have been able to really kind of apply like some of the and especially considering we talk about productivity on the show like what are the what are the some of the the routines and the habits and stuff that you've taken it and and applied to your your life outside of that now that have really really been beneficial yeah it's a great question i i, I think that the two big ones uh one was just the the structure of being in the military and i think that you know being being a kind of online entrepreneur guy now um, that that is a world that I think if you're really going to succeed online, that whatever system you use, you really do need to have a structure and a certain discipline to what you're doing. Uh, because if you don't, there's just about 10,000 rabbit trails that you can go down and you can kind of lose yourself and never move the ball down the field, never get the real work done that you want to get done. So being able to apply that kind of those years of structure and sort of very regimented scheduling, if you will, um, and sort of personal discipline, I, I think was hugely helpful because when I sat down and, and looked at my day and when I'm capturing my tasks and doing all those things, I, you know, I'm coming at it with that kind of hardwired programming from the military of, okay, let's, let's measure it, let's mark it, let's make sure that it's that it's got some some solid boundaries around it, and we know exactly what we're doing. You know, we know what the mission is for the day. We go after the mission, and then after the mission, we do kind of a, you know, in productivity world, we'd say kind of do a weekly review or whatever, but, you know, in the military, we'd kind of call it a hot wash, where you kind of hot wash afterwards and figure out, you know, did we did we do what we needed to do? Where did we screw it up? And, and how do we make it better the next time? Uh, the other thing that I think was big, you know, I deployed a handful of times, did a couple tours in Afghanistan, and I just think the resiliency of, of being in the military, being in some sticky situations and being around some things that are that are a little different and that you don't bump into in everyday life, um, that's been incredibly helpful as an entrepreneur because, especially when you're starting off, I mean, I, you know, I never paint it as being more sexy than it is. When, when you start in the journey of being an entrepreneur or solopreneur or whatever we're calling it, um, there are some hard days and mm. some hard weeks and some hard months. And, you know, and you've got to have a certain tenacity and resiliency to you that can put up with that kind of stress and, and you can manage yourself and stay in control. And, and so I think those those elements from military service were just so helpful. Now, what was the transition out like, you know, when you were leaving the military service and transitioning to your because I know that uh, and actually uh, more more to uh, uh, one of the things that the, it's kind of fitting that we're recording this this week. Uh, we're in the last week of October as we record this, but we just had um, the, our nation's capital in Canada was uh, we had a soldier, a couple soldiers actually that were that were killed in the line of duty. Yeah. Uh, you've, pro- you've probably heard about it. It's very rare that Canada gets that kind of mention in, in worldwide news. Um, yeah. And it was just uh, so, I mean, no matter where you are, what part of the world you live in, you know, I mean, the the. the I live in a military town as well. I mean, I live, uh, it's a very naval town because I live in Victoria. We're on the water. Of course, there's a Navy here and stuff. So I see lots of military and, and the kind of service, I I couldn't do it. <laughs> I just couldn't. Um, but but when you're transitioning out of that um, that life into your new life, like how, or, or your modified life, because I mean, obviously you're taking things with you. Like, what was that like for you uh, in terms of just, you know, making that shift? Because I know that that, uh, you know, I've, I've heard stories and I've talked to others where that transition can be difficult. Um, how, how, first off, how did you make that happen? And what, what, uh, what uh, kind of uh, assets did you have that you had t- took with you that made that transition a little bit easier? 
Right. So, uh, you know, my wife, Crystal, and I started having the conversation um, probably about a year out from when I was kind of, by definition, contractually done with that particular term of service that I was in. And mm-hmm. we, we started having the conversation about a year out because it, you know, when I joined the military, you know, going all over the world and doing all that made a lot of sense. I was a single guy and it was all good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but my life had changed. You know, I had a wife now. I had a daughter and, a, and at the time, you know, second one on the way. And um, so my priorities had obviously shifted. And, you know, I'm, I'm very fond of the expression that, you know, once your priorities are clear, it's really easy to say no to things. And um, so it was, I, I, I needed to make that shift. And uh, there was there was one there's the first conversation, which was a lot about just the, the pure logistics of it. It was a financial conversation. It was, you know, how much do we have in savings and how are we going to pay this and what are we going to do because we're starting our own business and, you know, all those things that most um, entrepreneurs at some point, it doesn't matter what job you're coming from, you kind of have to have that chat. Um, and then from there, you know, once we actually made the separation and, and moved over, I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, it took a good six months to a year to kind of untangle myself from they're not in this highly structured regimented world anymore. Right. And you're now in this world where you've, you've decided that you want to kind of own your own shop and you're going to generate, you know, your own income and, and all the things that go with it. Um, so it, it took some, it, it took some rewiring of, of thinking and habits and, and, and just kind of how you approach today because there wasn't like a superior officer or whatever telling you what to do now. Now you were the person that had to decide what you were going to do every day. Mm-hmm. And, and so it kind of – it took some time to kind of untangle that a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally, totally. It's, I mean and in, in essence – and I mean this is going to sound a bit reductive, but the same thing happens when you leave a, a corporate job and go to work on your own to a certain extent as well. Obviously the stakes are different, but it's 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 somewhat similar. Uh Although the difference, I guess, would be, and I guess, I mean, when did you start? In the, you were in the service for how many years again? Uh, Eleven. So you started when you were what? Uh, early twenties. Yeah, you know, I started a little bit later. I, I joined when I was twenty-six. Right. So, but a lot of people that get started, they're they're young, right? Yeah. And and that's all they know, right? So to untangle probably takes that much more because you've been basically go right from school into the military and then to be able to say, okay, it's time, time to go. It's time to wrap it up, whether it's, you know, you've decided you're going to move into a different direction or, I mean, my, my next door neighbor's in the military. He's going to be retiring at an age where I'm like, really, you can retire that early. Like I had no knowledge. Yeah. I'm like, wow, you're done. He's like, yeah, I can be done. Um, yeah. But he's, he's uh, one of the things. And I guess, did you, I, I've noticed this again, watch my neighbor. He has like seven vehicles. Uh, all old cars and he is very that's his hobby and i've yeah. noticed that and maybe this is just a uh, uh him but i have a strong feeling it's not is that that's when he is not out to sea or on base or or whatever those cars like his his hobby pulls him in is that what happened with you as well did you have something that just kind of pulled you in to take you away when you were maybe on uh, on leave or what have you you know, I, I think for, for me, when I was still in the service and when I was like on a leave or, or whatever, I, I had just become kind of a new family guy. I, I had a new daughter mm-hmm. and um, I was discovering what it meant to be a dad. Right, and right. so that, I mean, and that was, you know, we kind of talk about the classic start with why idea and, you know, my why became totally jarred in a great way because now I had 
this little girl that was like looking up at me and I had to, you know, and, and when they told me I was doing my last deployment before I got out and that was really kind of the tipping point for me, you know, I had to hug this little girl and tell her goodbye. I'm going to Afghanistan again for six months. And um, it changed the game. And, and, and I had to look at that and go, yeah, this, I can't do this anymore. And, but I didn't have a hobby per se, but, but really the thing that was capturing my attention and really shifting my own trajectory in my life and career was I had a family now. And, and, and it meant so much to me. And I mean, obviously everybody would say their family means a lot to them, but I mean, I, it was, it was kind of taking me down to a different level, you know, just beyond my intellectual thinking, but it was really touching my heart because I came up in a broken kind of classic dysfunctional divorced home. And, and now here I was, I had this rock star wife and I had this little daughter and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And, um, I want my life to support this more. Um, and not divide us. And so that's really kind of what led me to doing what I did. Well, before we wrap up, Gary, I just wanted to uh, get some get some uh, some advice that you could throw out to some of the other vets that may be listening or anyone that's listening that's looking to transition out of something that, that they've known for so long and have dedicated so much time to, rightfully so. What, yeah. what advice you would give them if they were making that transition to kind of make it less jarring? It's a great question. I think for anyone coming out of the military or thinking about it, the number one thing I would tell them to do is they really need to know their numbers. Um, the, the, the difference of coming out from military pay and compensation and healthcare benefits and things out into the civilian world is dramatically different. And they really need to sit down and have an honest conversation with themselves and with their spouse if they have one um, and really know what those numbers are, know how it's going to be different and um, just just really be clear on that because that will remove a lot of the pain and the stress so that their bandwidth can be free to go into this next chapter and do whatever it is um, that they want to do. Um, so that's my kind of super responsible piece of advice. Then the, the kind of more passion-oriented piece of my advice would be, you know, if there's something that, you know, gets you up at 3 o'clock in the morning and you can get really excited about it and you love it, then you should do it. Um, but at the same time, you need to apply the skills and really learn the craft, but just go after it. Um, I think a lot of people coming out of the military have this natural fear. You know, it's kind of like, what will happen when I get on the outside? You know, I can't tell you how many people told me that, like, what's life like out on the outside? Like we were getting out of prison or something, you know, and <laughs> like life on the outside is just fine, but there's this natural fear. And um, I would tell them to, to step right into that fear, go right through it, and go after what you want. Because I can tell you that, yes, there's bumps, and yes, there's bruises. But, you know, I'm, I'm two and a half years or something outside of it. I'm grateful for my service, but I'm even more grateful for the change. And what it's done for my family and, and the people I work with, my clients and customers, it's, it's truly awesome. So go after what you want. But know your numbers and know how to get there. And I'd wager that all of the experience you had in the military has definitely played a huge role in your success in terms of being able, like you said, to you know be disciplined and be regimented and be have that structure and framework. Because like you said, without that kind of stuff, you, you're, there's a bit of anarchy floating around in your life. And you can't – if you want to be – if you want to build something – you got to have a plot of land. You can't just ad hoc throw things up. So I think that that's true. Yeah, I think that that there's something to be said for that's funny. Uh, not to again, not to be reductive, but when I left Costco, that's the same. I would go back in and see people, you know, five, six years later, and they would say, "So what's it like not being here?" Like it's very. So I think there's there's definitely some 
some uh, cross pollinization when it comes to these kind of things. Because when you're in something for so long, whether it's you know um, military service or, or even just like a, again a corporate job or or, or whatever, uh, it's hard to imagine things outside of that. So the fact that you've come out on the other side and said, "Hey, you know, I've done it." Uh, here's what you can do to make sure that that when you come out that you know you, you instead of asking where is my parachute you at you, you're saying what color is my parachute uh, there you go yeah you know you had a uh, not to not to pause but I th- there was I don't know who it was it was someone you had on your your other podcast mm-hmm. um, but they had said you know when they first stepped out into the the entrepreneurial world it was as if they were jumping out of the airplane and everyone was looking up to see if the parachute would open, yeah. you know, because they're kind of thinking, is he going to crash on his face or is it actually going to open and it's going to do well? And I mean, dude, I'm not even playing. If, if I had a dollar for every time someone said to me, you know, what's it like on the outside or are you doing okay? As if I had like some strange disease or something, um, you know, and it was like, no, everything. Yeah, it's it's okay. <laughs> it's it's well, actually Right. And the kind of stuff we do is hard for for people to wrap their head around unless they're in the space. You know, oh, I mean, oh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's yeah. You still have I still have people look at me and they're like, "So you do something on the internet?" Yep. <laughs> yep. And they're like, "Well, what do you mean?" So you just tell people like the coaching just blows. So you just tell people how to do stuff and they pay you for it. I'm like, well, you're being pretty, you know reductive about it but i guess if that's how you want to look at it then sure <laughs> um but uh no i i mean it's been great having the chance to chat with you again um and uh gary where can people find you, you obviously garymillerjr.com you're not doing better guy anymore though are you are you still doing that yeah so um so the the, the main website I, I have to give one of those classic uh, url disclaimers it's garymillerjr.com yeah um, so not the full word junior, but Gary Miller, jr.com. Um, a better guy is, is still online, lots of content out there. Um, but we're st- sort of aggregating that into the Gary Miller, jr.com site. So, um, people can find me there and, and on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash meet Gary Miller, jr. Awesome. Thanks again for joining me uh, on the productivity podcast, Gary. Always a pleasure, my friend. All right. So now we're going to dive into the conversation that I was having with Dan and Vanessa Hayes. Now, this picks up a little bit into the conversation, but basically, uh, we uh, are establishing how they met. You know, how uh, Dan and Vanessa met, and then basically what happened from there, what their journey is from there. And and they did meet in the military, so uh, it's a very interesting story. the the uh, The team behind Simple Life Together, how they found their simple life together, and how they built that. And how the you know their time in the military has kind of supported them along the way in terms of the assets that they took out of that, and just the the experience of, of being together in in not just in the service but now in 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 their lives outside of the service. So we're going to dive into that conversation right now. We kind of hung out for a couple of years, and then uh, when Vanessa actually moved to another base. That's when we started dating. It was another base here in San Antonio, so it kind of worked out for us. Yeah, and I pursued him, basically. Yeah, I pursued him, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in essence, he was assigned to you temporarily, as you're saying, and now he's assigned to you permanently. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's permanent leave. And you, it's, it's the, you're in the Air Force, correct? Right. That's right. Right, yes. right, right, right. So, so basically... How long ago did you leave the service? How long ago? How long has it been now? It's been about eight years for me. I served nine years on active duty as an officer in the Air Force, and I worked in security forces. 
um, a lot of people consider that like military police equivalent, like the Army and the Marine Corps and whatnot, but the security forces. And uh, Dan, you uh, just got out. I retired um, after uh, almost 27 years in uh, 2010. So not too long ago, only about four years ago. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. So what I want to get to now is kind of like what led you to what you're doing now with Simple Life Together. I mean, basically, uh, it's it's a departure, clearly, from what you're doing before in a lot of ways. But what elements of, of that life that you had before uh, have you been able to kind of bring in or help shape what you're doing now with Simple Life Together? Well, you know, uh, it's interesting. Before I retired, uh, we had uh, our daughter, and Vanessa was doing the stay-at-home mom thing, and she was really trying to consider what it was she wanted to do in the next phase of her life. And I was teaching at the University of South Florida as my last assignment, and um, the um, I came home one day, and I said, you know what, babe, I think I know what you are meant to do. And um, I sent you an email on it, and it was from uh, uh, the National Association of Professional Organizers, right? Yeah, and actually, I ignored the email for about three days, uh, just because he had always, at this time, he was sending me all kinds of stuff. I was getting used to all these different apps. I just got the iPhone, and he was, like, I was just overwhelmed. And so I was just kind of like, okay, it's just another thing to look at. <laughs> and he wasn't, he, so you were seeing emails like, uh, look, honey, you can type 350 words from home every day and you make $67. <laughs> Seriously, I can only, you know, I mean, one app to, to, to learn is enough, but he would something like five or six. And so I just ignored it. But anyway, long story short, I finally opened up the email and it, was, it just opened up a new world to me. I was like, oh my gosh, these are my people. This is what I do. This is what I've been doing, not really knowing it. And I just had no idea that you can actually get paid to help other people get organized at home and in their businesses and, and in their life. And so, uh, really, I, I've been doing it since 2010, I think. And, uh, yeah, the beginning of 2010. So almost five years now. and absolutely love it. So that's how I kind of got into, like, the organizing. So I'm a professional organizer. Um, and then Dan and I, Dan was really into podcasting and all this stuff. And... He wanted to do a podcast um, on his own, but he says, you know, I want to do one with you. So we got to brainstorming and thinking out, you know, well, what can we talk about? What do we have in common? And at the same time, we were going through a transition in our life where we wanted to, you know, Dan was retiring from the Air Force, and we wanted to kind of simplify our life. And we were kind of, there's a lot of things that happened, but what people really kind of relate to is that we actually started downsizing in our forties, basically mm. my late thirties, you know, his mid forties. And, and we're just like, okay, let's, let's downsize our lives now. Let's not wait until we're 60 or 65 to downsize. Why not live a life a little bit more on our terms? And so that's kind of what launched the podcast. And so what's interesting though, in the podcast initially, and what, and we still do this today is we incorporate a lot of the things that we learned in in the Air Force. Um, Dan brings a lot of his military background and leadership and experience, team building, and all kinds. I mean, Dan has tons of experience. And, uh, you know, of course, we're both leaders in in the Air Force, so I bring a little bit of that too. Um, So it's funny that, yeah, it's a big departure from the military, from the traditional idea of what military is, but at the same time, we were able to kind of tap into a lot of the things that we learned in the military as far as leading and organizing and getting things straightened and, and tapping into routines. And, and so it was actually kind of a natural fit. It really was. Yeah, and so. we just kind of, I guess, slid into that where 
um, when we were doing our show, Vanessa would focus a lot on organizing. And, you know, when you move around every couple of years from base to base, um, you kind of naturally have to go through a paring down process mm-hmm. and you assess, you know, what am, what am I really going to need at my next assignment? Or um, depending on your living conditions, if you're going somewhere temporarily, like we both have um, a lot of experience. Heck, we've lived in shipping containers. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've lived in tents for, you know, a year at a time. Mm -hmm. And so there's certain things that you don't take on, you know, missions like that. And so it's, uh, we ended up kind of rolling some of that into our podcast. Mm -hmm. And like Vanessa said, on the tech side, I brought a lot of the tech background to it, some leadership, communication skills, um, planning and so forth that I work with today. I work with clients on, but we also discuss it on the show. Mm -hmm. Now, what what I found interesting uh, in terms of what you were talking about there was the downsizing component, like as you went. And, and one of the things that Gary Miller brought up was the idea of like making sure that when you're, you're you know, you're leaving the service or your time's up is that you you really crunch the numbers and make sure that you're kind of set, set up in a way that, that you have this ability to make a move or, or even if you want to get out early or whatever the, whatever the deal is. Is that, was that a, as you were downsizing, was that a conscious choice to say, hey, you know what, pretty soon this, this, this won't be part of our, our lives as much anymore. It will always be part of our lives, but it won't be as an active part. So we're going to start to, to um, kind of align ourselves a bit differently. Was that, was that a conscious choice or did it just kind of happen? Well, I know when we moved from our last assignment back to San Antonio, um, we were going through that um, that contemplative process, I guess you would call it. And I, I think whether you were in the military or in your first career, whatever you've been doing for a long period of time, um, you tend to pick up some baggage along the way. In my case, it was a lot of field gear. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people, it might be um, professional books or... Or uh, or even friendships and relationships yeah. along the way. Mm-hmm. And then when you move on to something else, those things kind of change because it's a new circumstance. And I had about 20 bags worth of field gear from working out in the field, you know. And uh, and I was thinking, well, I'm you know, hanging on to old uniforms and all this stuff for someday my son will use it to go hunting or whatever. Well, I never really faced the fact that he's never going to hunt a day in his life. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. You know, I remember but, during our conversation, I'm like, yeah, he doesn't seem like the hunting type. Yeah, no, he's a writer. He's a thinker. You know, he's not like me. I was, I, you know, I was meant to, to lift, lift things and yeah, throw right. things around and break them. You're you know, way more than that. <laughs> so you know, he's much more cerebral than I ever was. So, um, but I had to come to a realization that those are things I didn't need anymore. But there was a part of me, Mike, that was reluctant to let some of those go, and that it definitely was a process in that um, in that transition from civilian yeah, to military. But as far as like a, a monetary standpoint, we had way before that, way before Dan retired, and actually, when I just before I had separated from the Air Force, we had really buckled down and uh, made sure that we were out of debt and were very. We're very uh, responsible, I guess, with our finances mm. and stuff to kind of prepare us for that transition out. Um, and actually, it was before that it was to prepare us to go down from a two-income family to a one-income family. Right. And um, and so that wasn't so much of, a, of an issue, but definitely you think about that, you know. But I think more of the, our reason for downsizing wasn't really – it wasn't for – money or anything like that it was mostly to have control of our time and what was important to us because we felt like we were just running this you know the rat race and what's expected of you because what's expected of a lot of military members when they get out whether they separate or retire 
And, and what I mean by that, when you separate, that's if you separate, you leave the military before 20 years, 20 right. years is the retirement date. So, um, is that you're expected to go right back into what you were doing, but just in a civilian capacity as a contractor. And so it was just kind of, it was really kind of hard for us to accept that. And, and Dan's like, you know, I did 27 years. There's something more that I want to do with my life, or mm-hmm. there's different things I want to explore and try out. Um, cause Dan is a lifelong learner and, and actually being with him has, has made me more of a lifelong learner too, which I love. So, so, for us, downsizing was more of us looking at, okay, here we are. What do we really want out of our life? What do we want our life to look like? And that really was kind of the catalyst for us downsizing and also for us to start talking about what we we're going through. Because, And that's what actually kind of launched the podcast was we were looking for other people that were going through the same thing. Is there, are there other people out there that are kind of confused of what to do next? Um, that, you know, They're expected to do one thing, but they really want to do something else because that's where we were. And, and then we, we were kind of tapping into this idea of minimalism, but we weren't quite minimalists, and we aren't now. We still aren't. <laughs> but um, we just kind of wanted to find something in between, you know. And so we just decided that simplicity was our answer to our lives. And, uh, and so we started talking about it, and quite honestly, it kind of took off, um, and it kind of shocked us at, at the, the followership and the, the listener base that we actually kind of um, – got along the way so anyway that's kind of what sparked our transition from the military into podcasting and whatnot but what what i what what's uh, amazing is is that both everyone i've talked to that's been in in the service in some form or another um there's this almost like this debriefing or this the strategizing that takes place when things slow down like there seems to be an ability to do that say okay you know what let's take a step back and really look at the situation almost almost like it's um, – I, I don't want to be reductive and say the battlefield or anything like that. But it's almost <laughs> – you know what I mean? Like you, you oh, sit yeah. back and you go, okay. Um, I mean you guys would probably kick my ass at risk because you're you – know, exactly. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's that's part of what – you know, I mean and uh, actually it, if I want to shift to board games, I mean I've got access and allies. I bought that board game a long time ago. Everyone said, oh, you got to – I've looked at it and I go, I, I can't. This game is too complex. It's just so much there. <laughs> but But – because my brain wasn't wireless, I can go into something a little bit more strategic in another avenue. Um, but like, is did you find that that the 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 training and the the environment you were around kind of um, fostered that ability to say, okay, whoa, 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 let's slow down and really plan this out, as opposed to let's go, 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 which is what a lot of people tend to do, whether they're in the service or not. They just keep going on the wheel and and keep the wheel going. Great question, and and I would say. Um, especially if you're in a tactical um, field, um, like I was and Vanessa was, you very um, you get very adept at working within frameworks. So where um, where you talk about how do you figure out a situation, we had a thing called an operations order, and it was a five paragraph operations order that uh, went uh, situation, mission, execution, service support, and command and signal. And you took all of that information in. And, you know, in split seconds, really, and kind of put it into those, um, into that framework. And so you operate within that framework. Or if you're facing a threat or a, a, a situation where you got to make an immediate tactical decision, we use this thing called an OODA loop. OODA stands for observe, orient, decide, and act. And so you're plugging whatever the stimulus is into your head and into this equation, and you come up with a response that's um, essentially. Uh, I don't want to say you've thought about it before, 
but you look at it in context and you can make a good um, decision in, in microseconds based on uh, the information that you have in most cases. And so it really teaches us those, uh, those different frameworks. And, and we use that a lot in, you know, in the show as well. Well, not only in our show and in our personal life, but I use it a lot with my clients. Yep. I'm, I would think that one of the, the biggest things and the biggest challenges I have with my clients is that they don't strategize. And like, that's the first step. All they want to do is organize. Their life is chaotic. They can't manage their time. They can't manage their stuff. And I have to just put the brakes on and go, okay, but have you really thought about what you really want? What do you want your life to look like? What do you really want out of this? What do you want your home to look like or your office space? And, and they don't really strategize to that stuff. And, and yes, I would have to say that the military really did help us tap into that. And not just that. And, and like, like Dan, he does a lot of the strategizing for our family. And then I am the task manager. <laughs> I like right. the task yeah. master. So it's yeah. really a beautiful marriage, literally, figuratively <laughs> speaking. I, you know, he comes up with you together. He'll come up with an idea, and then together we talk it out and we hash out. And then I make sure it gets done step by step by step. And that's part of that whole strategizing and coming up with a plan. A lot of folks, they don't have a plan for anything. They're just going, like you yeah. said, they're just running on that, that wheel, going nowhere. And they, and they don't, um, and, and they have to go through that, the same um, chaos next time a similar situation comes across. So that's why things like, um, I don't know if you've ever um, listened to or read um, Sam uh, Carpenter's Work the System or read The Checklist yeah. I, I know both of those. And I mean, GTD yeah. to a certain extent, too, really. Yeah. I mean, any any yeah. you if you have a framework, then you can get creative within the framework. But if you don't have a framework, then, yeah, you're all over the place. Right. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's exactly it, and, Mike. Yeah. And the way we, uh, especially on the show, one of the things we talk about all the time is um, we refer back to our life plan a lot. So we put our life plan in the context, context of, for us, it came up to these five Fs. Of uh, we look at everything through the lenses of faith, family, finances, fitness, and freedom, and so anytime a new decision comes along, our decision matrix really is: is it aligned with one of these five F's for us? Mm -hmm. And everybody's you know uh, framework will be different, and that's cool. But uh, for us, we have to make sure if some if we're doing something, which one of those we call them pillars? Which one of those pillars is it aligned with? or hopefully many of them at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing when you start to adopt that mentality of okay, I need some kind of structure or framework so I can I can function at a higher level because right. again, like if you don't have that, then you are you are at the mercy of the stimulus around you, right? right. And and you become reactive instead of proactive. Right. But, but before we wrap this up, um I asked this of Gary, I asked this of you, what what piece of advice do each of you have for somebody that's coming out of the service, either they're, they're separating from it or they're retiring so that they can, you know, it, they can move forward uh, once all is said and done? Because they've been there for years and years and, and they've been, you know, kind of doing, the, doing their thing in there. Like, how, what would you say to them if, as they're getting out or if they're looking to, to move, move on from, from the service? I would, the first thing that I would suggest is don't think that the – general population has any idea of what you really did <laughs> while you're in the military because they really, as much as they would like to, and I think most people are very, very supportive of folks coming out, but their, um, their common core of experience with people in the military 
is kind of limited to what they've seen on TV. And that's either really, really good and they think you're like this Navy SEAL or it's really, really bad and think you're private pile. Mm. You know? So, um, you know, and, and we all kind of find somewhere in the uh, uh, land, somewhere in the middle of that. But uh, as you try to assimilate in a new environment, uh, don't forget the things that you did learn. We call it, um, you know, you put something in your kit bag. There's it's very similar uh, terminology here in the, in the civilian world where don't forget the, the tools that you put in your kit bag along the way mm-hmm. in the military and use those on the civilian side and apply them. Just like the frameworks we just talked about, they can go a long, long way. And I know when I've worked with clients as a, you know, since I've been retired and I pull out something, a tool that I learned in my career, and I use this, they're just blown away at how much um, information or how much sense a chaotic situation um, can have once it's looked through a lens of a framework that you picked up along the way. And actually, I was going to say the same thing, Dan, is that don't forget about the things that you did use um, while you were in the service, because um, a lot of folks either you just need to get out or it's just your time or you're eager to try something new, whatever the circumstances for you. Um, if you're currently serving, uh, don't forget the things that you did learn. I didn't, I, I, I mean, I did forget some of the things I, I did learn until I started working with clients and I did not realize how many wonderful and awesome things and opportunities I had in the service and how those are helping me today in the future. And so I would just encourage folks to kind of tap into those skills that they've, that they've learned along the way. Don't discard them. Um, but that just to be aware that it is different for in the civilian world as far as trying to portray what you really did do in the service. Yeah, that be tough. <laughs> I sat behind a computer a lot because I was doing paperwork and you know managing hundreds of emails a day. But that's okay. <laughs> I learned to be a little bit more productive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually down to inbox zero this morning. I'm so excited. <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah, it's the same thing like Dan said. It's just don't forget that those tools in your toolkit. <laughs> Where can people find uh, both of you when you are not, uh, you know, uh, checking your toolkit and using the tools you acquired along the way? Uh, well, we can always be found at simplelifetogether.com. Yep. Awesome. It. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me on the Productivityist Podcast. Thanks, Mike. Great talking with you again. Fun as always. Bye, Mike. <laughs> Bye. And that's the way things wrapped up. Well, it's not really the way things wrapped up because I'm wrapping it up now. Thanks again to both Gary Miller Jr. and Dan and Vanessa Hayes for joining me on this special edition of the Productivity is Podcast. I encourage all of you to go to the Voices for Vets website and take a look at all the other podcasts that are part of this campaign this week. Uh, again, go to voicesforvets.co and you can check all of those out. And I, uh, again, um, I just want to say to all of those who have served, no matter what country you're from, thank you. Uh, you know, I, I, I owe you a debt of gratitude as well as uh, so many others because uh, you're doing a job that, that frankly, I, I just I don't I couldn't do. So I'm very, very grateful that you're out there uh, protecting us and, and uh, being on that on that line for us. So thanks again to everybody for uh, listening this week. And I will see all of you next week. Have a great week.